Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Packages by Expedia. You were made to be rechargeable. We were made to package flights, hotels, and hammocks for less. Expedia. Made to travel. I've got technically a great song stuck in my head, but I didn't realize how creepy it was until you start singing it over and over and over again. (laughs) Don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me. Anyone else but me. Anyone else but me. No, no, no. Don't sit under the apple tree (laughs) with anyone else but me. I come marching home. The song has never been sung like that, but that is my, you know what? Welcome, Jackie Zabrowski, singer-songwriter Jackie Zabrowski. There are no other singer-songwriters in this podcast hosting (laughs) job. And it's difficult for me to carry it on my shoulders like this. I reinvent, I create, and welcome also my co-host Molly and... Holden. Singer, songwriter, p- pianist Holden McNeely. Thank you so much. I purchased a piano and I know the C major scale now, so I would like to be introduced as such. And I and I heard that pause. That was more pregnant than my fucking wife. <laughs> wow. That pause. Okay. okay, Mr. Penis, Holden McNeely. <laughs> and as the singer songwriter, I'd like to say all through history, sitting under the apple tree is just one in a million metaphorical phrases for mm. having sex. Of course, Whoa. don't go honking no one else's Jerry. Don't go slipping on no one else's filthy slide. All <laughs> yeah, these are man. different metaphorical phrases we've known for a million years. And so it's not creepy. It's just saying, don't be sucking on some other dude's D while I'm at busy at work bringing home that cheddar. Biblical, it's, right? It can yeah. still be creepy. It can still be, what if they're just casually sitting under the apple tree and this guy is over here like, don't, you go sitting under the apple tree with anyone if else. If I saw my wife sitting under the apple tree with another <laughs> human being, I don't care if it's Barack Obama, okay? <laughs> I am gone. Oh, if it's Barack Obama, by Holden, <laughs> Lex will never talk to you ever again. You got fucking Barack on the line? Are you kidding me? Just be like, what did they do? What are they talk? What could they possibly be communicating about under this fucking Don't you remember the photo shoot where he smoked the cigarettes and he had on the silly cute hat? Yes. Of course. Okay, but I have a I have a question though. Is your if you have like a celebrity pass list with your partner for sex, is it gonna be the same list for who your partner is allowed to sit under the apple tree with in a literal Way. I guess the question is, do you want them to have an emotional affair with Barack Obama, but not a physical affair? Ooh. You know what I mean? Because I, I think sitting under the apple tree could also imply like that's where they really go to be heard and understood when you are not right. providing that no. for them. And we don't think and talk enough about the difference between emotional cheating 
and straight getting cummed on cheating, right? <laughs> and I think that is important. But that's the problem, though, because uh, for both of our passes, it is Noel Fielding and Matt Berry. And I feel like if I sat <laughs> under the apple tree with either one of them, how <laughs> am I not going to fall emotionally in love with them right. as they as they they perform for me as we're eating these juicy sloppy apples apples aren't always sloppy but what happens when they are <laughs> and i will say maybe emotional cheating for me it would be sitting under that tree with taylor swift and talking about being singer songwriters and what that means to us uh-huh. and then physical cheating would probably be uh, emma stone in some sort of um just some cheap, mo- dirty motel. You know what I mean? Just not even trying to live it up. Just really yeah. doing it in the dark, seedily. We can hear a drug deal outside. Ooh, it is so a different fun. thing, right? Like, I, right? I would want to have. I would want to have sit under the bedroom tree with Idris Elba, but I would want to sit under the <laughs> apple tree with like probably still Connor Oberst. I haven't really yeah. aged out that much from that. Really you know? moved past it. Not at all. I get that. <laughs> Still there. I love the idea of a tree just filled with beds. You're just like, <laughs> we should probably get out from under here. One of these giant beds is probably going to completely no, fall that's on why us you get up us. in the beds and then you have like a tree house beds. Wouldn't that be sick? No, because I want to fuck in a cemetery. <laughs> you can do that too. You have to get, you have to give your respect over to the past. Don't first. fuck in the cemetery with anybody Ooh. else but me. And the ghosts. And all those ghosts. And anyone else would be, oh no, Please. the ghost is inside of me. Please let us watch. <laughs> of course, see that. See now, there, uh, exhibitionism, right, guys? Right. Say, Come on, we are writing a song together, so we're all singer songwriters. Technically, I'm the wow. properly a singer songwriter because I have the piano, but you guys can <laughs> call yourself semi singer songwriters. SSS. Right. I have a piano too, and I probably technically know how to play more piano than you because I took several years in, are you, uh, wait, in wait, wait. middle school. Oh my God, oh, have are a you challenging off. me to a piano duel? Are it, you challenging it, me to dueling pianos? I'm challenging you to a piano duel because you are an actual musician and you're actually very good at music, but only because you don't know yet know how to play piano. I might be able to, like, I've I've still, when I send you the baby onesies that I'm going to send you, maybe I should send you my like level one, two, and three books from my that I still have from learning piano. So I might wow. be able to play like Ooh. up on the housetop, you know, um, on the piano, oh but not, you know, so I might be able to beat the you at Twinkle Twinkle Little call. Star. There you go. Next live show with Molly and Holden <laughs> together. A piano. We will I be, be doling pianos and you will be the judge. Yes, Judge Jackie's <laughs> in charge. Can I get a bailiff? Uh, sure, you're going to get a bailiff, but it has to be okay, someone no, none of us know, not even you. Oh, unprejudiced <laughs> so bailiff. We, so we kind of ha- we're on edge a little bit, right? Because we don't know this grown man on stage. I with like us, that the right? judge is going to be prejudiced. Although I don't know who she's more prejudiced against or towards you or me. I, but the bailiff can't be prejudiced. We have to ensure the neutrality yes. of the bailiff. This is a what's his name? Trait. His name is like Trucks Night Court. Yeah. Or get, what's the name of the bailiff? Oh, uh, what is his? I, I that's Big, so weird. Strong. Why is Night Court keep coming up lately? I maybe I need to go back and watch it. I feel like it's like the third time Night Court has come up. Yeah, Night Court. I think about Night Court a lot because Gideon used to go to Night Court. Bull. 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 That's what we'll get. Oh, my God. Is Richard Mole still alive? (laughs) 
Yes, he is. He's 78. I'm getting bull. Get bull. We're going to have bull on stage. And I'm getting the bailiff from Judge Judy, and we're going to have a bailiff off to figure out who gets <laughs> oh to be the God. bailiff of the piano off. Can we watch them kiss if yeah. they both consent? Because I would watch If they consent to making day. out, they can both be the bailiff. But if they're fight, then they have to fight to the death. Wow, this is going to be a really good show. <laughs> it's going to start with the bailiff off, and then a kiss <laughs> off, and then a piano off and then a from piano my off. elementary school piano songs. And I'm just going to be hammered in the back <laughs> yes. of the castle. Just like, yes, more kissing, more <laughs> music. Oh, my God, then I'll be dressed like Ursula. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love it. This is great, guys. Yeah. See, this this is where this is my dreams are made of. There you go. Ever since I become a professional pianist slash singer songwriter, I've realized some things, and I've realized that peace is love, and love is all you need. So I'm going to be singing some songs about that and about my future <laughs> baby's feet. Because um, now that I'm a singer striking writer with a child on the way, I'll be singing a lot. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Don't know your name yet. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. But don't talk about their, your, what, what is the feet song going to be? Just little tiny, you, you know, like I don't know. I feel like parent to be or, or parents of babies, singer songwriters are like, tiny little hands make the mystery of life. Like they just sing dumb <laughs> shit lyrics like that about their kids and no one cares. So people just want to hear breakup songs and shit, you know what I mean? Or like about like tripping balls or something and, and heavy rock and roll. And instead, once they become dads, it becomes that like, look at your eyes. They never grow. Well, you know what I mean? Or whatever that dumb shit is. <laughs> look forward to Holden McNeely's <laughs> children's album coming out that is just a bunch of songs about him being a father. They're all going to be about different <laughs> Anatomy parts. Yes, just different tiny parts uh, of them. Tiny parts. I don't tiny know, little parts no. is what it's called. <laughs> tiny little Ew, parts. tiny little parts. <laughs> it's for babies and dads. <laughs> Ew, I think that, what, are you going to name your child Dahlia? Because that Ooh. would be, um, it'll really uh, wrap it all in. Maybe. Um, I, so yes, we were bringing up Holden is a singer-songwriter now because he bought a keyboard. Thank and you. he has a keyboard in his house now. Thank you and for we're waiting that. to be regaled. <laughs> Thank you for recognizing that. Yeah, I mean, right. We got nothing but time here on the show, Holden. I, I promise a song on the show very soon. I've learned I'm learning my scales right now. And honestly, I'm holding back because I don't I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. I don't think you're ready yeah. to for hear this it. jelly. Yeah, for this. I thought you already shape. knew. All about scales, aren't you a lizard? <laughs> all right, let's uh, talk. Let's do this show, please. Can we get into the show? Fire today. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I just saw a, an article that I did not send to you guys, but Fixer Upper star JoJo Gaines, yes, which I've been getting back on the Chip and JoJo train lately because of Uh-oh. dumb fuck Discovery Plus. <laughs> Apparently, she says she's getting a tattoo. Of the number 16 whenever Chip dies. And this is what I love about their relationship. Is that there is an article where she was talking about Chip dying. And the first thing she's going to do is the number 16. Because that is Chip's favorite number. So, all right. Th- there's the question Discuss. for you. 
this that's the prompt discuss. that we discussed. What is it? What what is what's what's the tattoo you're gonna get? Because I'm gonna get Jeff's entire face on my back. Steve I, I actually there was somebody who was psyched about Dunecast. Dunecast coming soon. A uh, really cool tattoo artist that I started following who does really good portraits. And seems like this might be kind of a fan. And I was like, ooh, should I get a giant T-Swift on my, like, thigh? By the way, shout out to the artist who drew um, uh, me being cradled by Taylor Swift. She is sending me a print, and I'm going to frame it and put it on my wall. Uh, I love it so much. While I cradle my baby. Uh, <laughs> it is so good. And, it, and she wrote, this is Taylor Swift protecting Holden from all of the terrors of the world. Aww. And uh, I really super love it. So, yeah, uh, also... Taylor Swift, speaking of, has 13. Um, this person has 16. Do you guys have a number? Because I don't. Lexi has 7 and 11. As a favorite uh, number. Do you guys have a number? Yeah. You're secret about it? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Wait, the way you yes, asked that question. Secret numbers. Yeah, the way you asked that question was like, oh, and is it like a secret number that we can get? No, it's 17, but that's uh, my birthday is the 17th. So I feel like a lot of people probably have the number that is their birthday is their favorite. And T Swift, 13, Lexi's seven and 11, but also like a a seven is like biblical for her is important. I forget the importance of 11 outside of um, her birthday, but it's her birth month. Yeah, it's her birth month, but I think there's other things that she's really into numerology, right? So there's a lot of things about those numbers. Do you have a number, Jackie? No, I mean, 59, Me I guess, because I always put 59 in things because it was 10 away from 69, and I thought that that was, like, a silly, That's fun. Silly, you're like, sly bad way. girl, not bad girl, because that's exactly bad who girl, you are. Bad girl, not bad girl. And, uh, um, yeah, that's why mine's 420. <laughs> yeah, I, I, really, I missed the opportunity to say 420. I went first. I really should have said that. I it wasn't a missed opportunity. It was a bad <laughs> choice on my part to say it, and you said a good I thing. I will say, I think my numerology number is 9, and okay. my and the other system number, I'm a seven. So I guess I should probably go towards those. I consider myself physically to be a six. So I think I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> wow, six. <laughs> I, when, when you die, Lexi's going to be like, I have a six tattooed on me because my husband was a six out of ten and it makes me think of him. <laughs> he was a true six in every sense of the word. That's like her eulogy for me. In every way, he was a six personality-wise, physically. Just not that great, but better than but better than and middling. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's all we can hope for. It's a little bit better than average. That's all we can hope for. You know, I hate to, I, 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 I do not follow Chip and JoJo closely anymore. I have not been watching either. Something happened to my brain where in the last year I haven't been watching either food shows or home shows. I'm not sure why. Those used to be my only shows that I watched, and now I just want to watch things about people being murdered. But I do, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, they seem to really like each other. And I like that in a famous marriage because so much marriage on TV is like, ah, fuck that guy. And I really like that they're like, oh, I love you all the time, you know? They really are. And the fact that, uh, I'm having a lot of feelings because of sister wives this week, but I have no one to talk to about and it. And you're and about to be a wife yourself, so I bet that's starting to click in a little bit, sister too. Sister and huh? a wife. Yeah. Yes, I am both a sister and a wife. That does sound like I'm marrying Henry, but I promise I'm not. I am going to really try not to because sister, I think that would make wife. Natalie and I's relationship complicated. 
Or, but apparently, though, sister wives say that in plural ma- marriages, a lot of times sisters, actual sisters, marry the same man and become sister wives since you are already so close and it and it creates a further bond of family for the rest of time. Ugh. Shit's going down on sister wives <laughs> okay. right now. And I, um, I watched a lot of it last night by myself, and uh, I have to stop thinking i don't even know why i started talking about sister wives well shit's going Um, down well obviously you you sent us a bunch of articles none of them are related to what you have initially brought up in the show and it sounds like this this discovery app is really starting to take hold of your entire brain my life none of the stories we've read at this point have anything to do with these two the chip chip and jojo or uh, you should know Chip and JoJo, though. <laughs> I think that you could argue that the Hilaria Baldwin story is tangentially related uh, to Sister Wives because it just seems slightly culty, slightly off. Well, 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 real quick, is what's going when you say shit's going down in Sister Wives? Like, is the government getting involved again, or is it just the day to day drama? I mean, the government good, good was question. involved. They are openly like working on like it is part of the show that they are working to try and ratify the laws in Utah that make plural marriage illegal. But that's a whole other side of it. It is. I don't. I I feel like once they start talking about it, I can't stop talking about yeah. it though. But it is. <laughs> Let me just say, <laughs> TLD uh, read. Um, what is it? Too long didn't read. <laughs> TLD yeah. read. Yes. TLD didn't read. <laughs> TLD so read. you essentially made it so that it still is like laborious to <laughs> say out loud. <laughs> TLD read. Um, part of living in the principle is that it is very open for that if a wife is unhappy. That they are allowed to leave. It is a, it is like the family is run by the wives, which is like, it's almost like an oligarchy, right? But at the end of the day, it is still a monarchy because the husband, at the end of the day, has the final say, but he also doesn't want to make all of his wives upset. So really, they do work together. But Cody Brown, who is the center of Sister Wives, is starting to falter with his faith that he has been, he's been married to multiple women for 30 some odd years. He grew up in the principle. This is something that he knew that he was ordained by God to out, to, to live. And his, his truth, his faith is starting to falter and they don't know what to do because he can't leave. He can't shatter all of their families. And they're talking about this shit at a pizza al forno at 1 p.m. And I'm just like, this is a groundbreaking conversation. This is, can you imagine trying to wrap your head around the idea, not like, I don't want to be married to them anymore. Oh, my relationship. It's that the bedrock of his faith is being shattered right now and and that's through everything that is happening in our world because this is season 15 is being shot over this past year so it, all of this stuff is wrapped into it and I'm watching this I'm just like this is nuts to watch <laughs> um but that's also because I've watched 15 seasons of yeah it. and what a, what I'm a very entwined in their lives yeah that's fucking crazy, man. That's it. That's all. poor Jeff. Jeff will come in and he always knows I've been watching Sister Wives because then I'll talk. And I'm like, I never want a sister wife. 
<laughs> the idea of it is very intriguing. Right. The idea of raising a family in a communal type living situation so that you have other like aunts and uncles that are always around. I am intrigued by that. But that happens all the time in this country, but they're not yes. fucking each other. They're without just, sister wives. Yeah, without, yeah, without the yes. actual wiving up of the same of different women part. So like yes. that's normal. What you're intrigued in is actually something that we're all striving for even now out here in LA, essentially while people are starting to have kids. We just don't, and then you don't have to have uh, a weird, awkward situation with Lexi because I'm slamming both of you down. It's not- <laughs> I would never want. I would never want it. I would never. I'm too jealous of a human being. But like in the last episode, one of the wives they're having like a really difficult time, so the other wife steps up to help them talk through it. Right. Because no one knows the two of them and their relationship as much as the sister wives. Can you imagine having someone that knew both of you equally to be able to talk through your problems with? Yeah, I think that, right, I think that Holden is right that you can have this kind of life without being uh, a I don't want a sister wife. But- <laughs> I will never share, Jeff. I am very territorial. I need everyone to know then this. Then you're going to be fine. Then you're just going to have friends that, uh, know, you know, and uh, by the way, you're talk- you're describing a couple's counselor, I think is what you're talking about. They have about. a couple's counselor. Of course they have a couple's counselor. I understand, Jackie. I think that you're longing for, and I had this when I watched <laughs> Big Love, too, The that even though Holden is right and that, that you can kind of make a non-creepy version of this type of community. It is something that, especially you realize when you have kids, is that it is like our lives are not really structured around communal living, right? They're like, and they're not really structured around like multi-generational child rearing and the whole it takes a village thing, right? It's like way more individualized. And so when I was watching Big Love, I was like, I would love to have a big backyard with a giant table and several other families and share a yard. I just don't want them all to be slamming my husband. Yes, yes. That unless is, and that I is, get to watch, unless I can watch. <laughs> that is, I think, usually not part of it. And what's usually not part of it when it comes to childbirth is having two kids in six months. Wow, good transition. Good, good transition. We've been dancing yeah. around the story the whole episode, so we I've noticed get that to it. now that I'm a singer songwriter pianist, I'm much better at transitions. These little things. <laughs> I that just, just want. I want to hear a flourish, Holden. I need you. Need to start working. All right, if you want to start doing transitions, I want flourishes. <laughs> I need you to start recording flourishes. And I want right. to start uploading said flourishes. All right, I'll do Compose. the. Jurassic Park theme. Do, 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 oh, do. I love I'll do that. Compose a flourish that then plays every time we do a segue on this show. <laughs> yeah, yes. original You have to play flourish. the entire Jurassic Park theme song. <laughs> do, 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 that would be kind of amazing do, 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 if I strings. had the piano right next to me set up and every time Jackie transitioned, I just did a little like, do, 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 do. you know what I mean? Just a little kind of thing. Yeah, I bet that's not an editing nightmare at <laughs> <laughs> for our producer, Mary. I think that she would love it. Love I think it. she I think I'm sure she's going up and down. She's going, yes, please do that. It's, um, yeah. As she's listening to this right now. Everyone's in love with my journey. Go on. <laughs> Everyone that's the name of your love. second song. Yes. And, album. and that's the name of my first album. Everyone's in love with my journey. My Please. No, but everyone is not in love with Hilaria Baldwin's journey. Come on. That's Alden. a good one. <laughs> no, no flourish. I didn't even get a mouth flourish on that Okay, that is good. We have to talk about this. I, all right, Hilaria Baldwin, we all know what's going on with her right now. And, <laughs> uh, or what was going on with her. And she kind of like dropped out of the, 
limelight just for like half a second. And then she popped back up and she's got another baby. She had a baby six months ago. She now has another baby. The internet was like, excuse me, Hilaria Baldwin. Um, where'd you get that baby? And she, at first she was doing saying mommy's the word um, <laughs> and not saying where she got the baby from. But then they were open and then they came out and said she and Alec Baldwin used a surrogate to have a baby that gave birth six months after the last baby that she had. And I wasn't going to bring this article up because I was like, you know what? It's weird. The whole Internet is like up in their business. And then they said, it's none of your business where we got the baby from. It's none of your business why we got the baby. Until I read this article that really changed how I felt about it. This article is uh, in a... Uh, New York Post, baby. Why Hilaria Baldwin needs to come clean on baby mama drama. Because I don't want to look into someone's bullshit if they don't want me looking at it, right? But if there's drama about a baby mama, I'm going to get involved. It's I struggle sometimes with my back and forth of feeling like people, even celebrities, deserve Privacy, they definitely deserve things that are just for them. I think that they are still human beings. However, this article that was written by Joe Piazza, who also has a mommy blogger podcast called Under the Influence, which is a podcast about the mommy blogger phenomenon. And she put it in a way that actually, no, we should be talking about these things because Hilaria Baldwin is a mommy influencer. She went from being a yoga influencer that she gets paid money to be a mother. So this is a business move, which is a yucky thing to fucking say, but it is. Right. I think I am also of several minds on this and was at first like, okay, I guess, you know, whatever. You want to have a lot of kids in a small amount of time. And uh obviously like having um, speaking openly about like having a surrogate is great. Kim Kardashian did that. It was great. They should totally be st- destigmatized. They should be like covered by insurance for people who need them and they're not and they're very expensive. Um, so like I think, you know, normalizing, destigmatizing like uh, surrogates is really, really good and important. Please definitely do that. Yes. Yeah. I, I support it 100%. Totally. Sure. There is just a couple of head scratchers in this story, one of which... Is right, like what? Why? Like okay, so if you, I, I just you are you were already pregnant with the one with the older one. You were three months pregnant with the older one, and then you decided to also then have a surrogate do the other one. Okay, I guess that's your choice. You have four other older children that will be with a total of six. Okay, uh, individual choice. That's that's your choice. In November, she was asked when she was pregnant with the one that everyone knew about. Uh, are you going to have another? And she said, no, I'm done. But if I'm, if my math is correct in November, when she was asked this, she would have already known that the surrogate was also pregnant. The surrogate would have already been pregnant because the surrogate just had this baby in early March or late February. Right. So yes. that baby was already in the pipe, uh, in, the, in the works. Um, yes. Shoved up in that shoot. <laughs> yeah. That shoot was stuffed full of kindling. I'm sorry. Kindling. Man, I'm just really doing a good job today. You can't. Please, you have continue. to wait for us to compliment you, Jackie. You can't <laughs> sit here and compliment yourself. <laughs> 
Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. And again, I'm torn on this too because if 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 you were four months pregnant and somebody asked, "Are you having another?" It's not your obligation to say, "I'm having another," right? Like that. Right. Your, it's your choice when you decide, when you disclose, how you space your babies, whatever. Uh, so, so all of these things make me want to be like, "This is none of our business." Again, however, the the her Instagram and her relationship, her the, whatever her relationship with her children, we don't know, but the way she uses the children on Instagram is incredibly. I think I if not if creepy is too strong a word it's just like these are the products right uh, like yeah it's excessive it's I'm looking at it right now and it it's um it's like on display very very intensely it is it is to the point where you know we were making fun of the most recent douchebag on Married at First Sight, Chris, who literally said in the first episode, "My kids are my brand," <laughs> and you hear something like that and you're like, "Wow, that sounds very very." Uh, <laughs> Very bad. And then it's like, yeah, her kids are clearly her brand. And it's like videos, photos. And it's not not to say, like, go ahead, go crazy. Go take a million pictures of your kids, right? But I think it's the difference between when they become a market, right? Right. And they become they become an ad thing, right? And that's what the article breaks down. Also, I didn't understand I didn't know the exact metrics for um for this kind of stuff and the ad that I really enjoyed seeing that those numbers for like every 10,000 oh, the ad revenue. Yeah. Like for every 10,000 followers that you have, you could get like a hundred dollars per post if it's like a branded post. And, uh, you know, so that means for, you know, almost a million people that she has, that's a lot of money. Right. Yes. Per post, that's about $9,000 per post. And I do think that it's interesting in what this article also continued in bringing up, that she thinks that Hilaria Baldwin is a marketing and publicity genius. She's built an incredibly successful company around herself. And just like any successful company, she managed to change the conversation when her brand was threatened in December, when she was accused of cultural appropriation, when, when everyone found out her real name is Hillary and she's from Massachusetts. And there's no better way for a public figure to pivot from a scandal than to show off a newborn. Even me saying that, I'm disgusted. <laughs> I'm disgusted that people are ripping apart her thing for what she's doing. I'm disgusted that she does it. I'm kind of just yucked out by the entire thing. That's the but thing, also, yeah. I guess I gotta put something up my chute. <laughs> I gotta make more money. I have to plan a wedding. And if there is a one way we all know you make more money is by having children. <laughs> right, Molly? Right, Holden? Have kids make more money. Yes. That's what everybody says. It's so tough, too, because it's like, I don't want to accuse her of just like having kids to 
build her brand because like pregnancy is really intense and like nobody really, I don't think people like take it as lightly as people uh, kind of talk about it. Like all of that is in my head as we talk about this. I've always, before having kids, I thought it would be really fun to have six kids. So like having a big family, I still think it would be fun to have six kids. I just don't want six, five or six pregnancies. But uh, like all of this, I I want to be like, you do you, but there's just something about it that just feels weird and I think it doesn't help that we that that the family that both of them Alec and Hilaria are just extremely bizarre fucked up people who are like liars and it just <laughs> gives me the willies you know it just gives me the willies they yeah are. it's weird it's also weird to me too that the people that like love this kind of account I just will never understand those people I, I don't know I just don't I don't it is interesting to see how, how some of them live even if it is in a way of like I can't believe this, this is some people's lives yeah even just lying about how perfect their life is I'm like that's gotta be a struggle it's in right? the account, honestly, on Instagram. And I mean, Instagram's full of this. And at the end of the day, I'd rather this than the opposite of, uh, like, when it comes to, like, Twitter's just absolute negative, like, tailspin that that can be. But, like, everybody just tries to show that they, anybody who strives to show how perfect their life is, just on Instagram, I, at some a part of me just... That that angsty teen part of me that loved you know Nirvana and uh, Soundgarden just wants me to tell them to go fuck themselves, and I don't, yeah. but I would. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's also distinctions like I like mommy blogger is a phrase that encompasses multitudes, and yeah, there's like I have come to find and follow you know some like mommy blogs that are very very good and helpful in terms of like how to get your kids to eat things and fun activities to do and art shit and whatever and so do you like put peanut butter on the top of their mouth is that how you do it is that it <laughs> just hide a brussels sprout under there but please continue <laughs> but like so i've noticed like that there's a kind of like disdain for the idea of mommy bloggers and 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 so part of me is like, you know, parents, moms, whatever, blogging about like things, their experiences that can be helpful for other people like that can really be valuable and helpful for people. There's another genre of mommy blogger, though, that I that does make me very, very uncomfortable, which is your kids who don't have the ability to consent to have their like images shared and their stories shared, putting your kids' entire lives on the internet. It's different than sharing pictures of your family or whatever. Like it's to 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 churn out daily like stories pictures intimate conflicts like things like your child's fears and and you know things like that are really like not necessarily personal right yeah things that if they find them when they're older they're not gonna like it you know just you wait till they get old enough to to tell to not give their consent to this right and when the mom freaks out about that stuff and then we finally get those side videos that the kids start taking of them forcing everybody into this quote like perfection that she's trying to force everybody into and then the background of that because you know one of these kids finally has enough and says here's what mom's really like when she's trying to get us all to pose for one of these dumb fucking sponsored photos yeah like creating basically creating child celebrities 
um, without them being like child actors, but just just by virtue of being your kids now, everything they do is getting posted online. I've, it just is tough. Again, I'm not like judging anybody for sharing pictures of their kids, but but turning your kids' lives into content into a, a YouTube channel to and make there's, yeah. money there's a, to there's make a money rash, off of there's yeah. a real issue with that on YouTube right now where. These kids are being forced to essentially perform and work for free every day of their childhood, and um, it, it's a real problem. And right. people are trying to get the, some of these channels shut down because it's clear there's abuse happening in those situations. It's right. disgusting. It's the same. I mean, I felt a certain way. You know, I even had a big conversation with Lexi about how, you know, personally, I just feel like. I wouldn't, I'm not going to put my kid out in the audition circuit. I don't care if they say they want this, that, or the other. You know what I mean? When it comes to that, no kid wants to, I was in audition for like depression medication. It was one of the most uncomfortable commercial auditions I've ever done. There was a little kid involved. We had to pretend like mommy's having a hard time at this picnic because she's depressed. And I had to be like, this kid's dad, the kid sat in my lap. I felt very uncomfortable. And after I was like, I'm never ever, I don't care what they say, because you know what? A lot of times they just are looking for the approval of the parent. So when you're like, do you want to go make mommy money at this depression medication audition? You know what I mean? And of course I'm like, yes. As someone that also, I hate, Commercial auditions. I know for a fact that that kid hated the commercial auditions. Yeah. It's depressing. No one wants it's to horrible. be there. It sucks. Especially for <laughs> depression medication. Maybe it was for like Toys R Us and they got to like play with toys or something. I don't know. Please. But like, yeah. That are covered in everyone's germs because now that's all I think about because of the, the this day and age. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, you're going to put it in your mouth, you disgusting child. <laughs> but they're not disgusting. That's just a natural choice. They put things in their mouths. But children are fucking gross. Let's just get it out there. As singer-songwriter, I'm willing to say that. <laughs> I want to hear that That's song. song three. Yeah. That. Kids yeah, song three. are fucking gross. Yep. Harbingers so gross. of all diseases. They're grosser than most. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> they are grosser than most. Yeah. Throw them in a trash can. Throw them at the show. Shoot <laughs> no. them into the sun with a cannon. <laughs> something. I'm having a gra- I'm grappling with being a father. I think is what's going on here. I, th- I put it into your music. It's the only. <laughs> it's the only uh, device you have anymore. He will not be silenced, and neither will Bette Midler. <laughs> I need you to know that I saw this article headline and I was terrified. It says Bette Midler has different concerns about the Mr. Potato Head controversy. And I was like, oh no, please don't. Bette Midler, what do you don't have to say? Don't shit the bet on this, I Bette. Don't, <laughs> we need I, lo- I love you, Bette Midler. Please don't say. And she didn't. Don't worry. She said she is still the wind beneath our wings. Then you ever know that you're my hero. Because she's asking the questions on the street that we want the answers to. Recently, Hasbro has dropped the Mr. Label from Mr. Potato Head. So there will still be the two varying, there'll be there'll still be Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, but there is no label on them anymore. Just so the, I think choose. it's just on the box, right? It's like the box yes. says Potato Head, but they're still the Mr. and Mrs. choices, right? Yes. So it is just then, it is a choose your own adventure. Sure, sure, sure. Fine, Hasbro, I, I, I sanction ye. <laughs> Bette Midler said, hashtag Hasbro, she tweeted this, announced they are removing the Mr. from Mr. Potato Head's label. 
but that Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head will still exist. I can't believe people are worried about that when what they should be worried about is how you store a bunch of dismembered body parts in the potato's ass. And I can't agree more, Bette Midler. Thank you. This is the conversation we should be having. And we were just talking about little parts. Right, Holden, how do you feel about little parts in a potato's ass? <laughs> you know, I, it brought back maybe some awakening moments in my childhood for sure. I definitely, I think that was definitely the first and last time I thought about putting some stuff up my ass was maybe in <laughs> using the potato head. Um, and by the way, trivia that everyone knows, did you know that it used to be an actual potato? Yeah. No. Yeah, you, so with sharp toys, you'd yeah. stick into the potato. But then, it was like, it was like a, just a real potato. Parents kept finding rotting potatoes in their kids' rooms, and so they had to make it a plastic potato. Yeah, that's very funny. And um, now, see, that's what my kid will get someday. Well, what would my you rather, Jackie? Because you can't, you don't have a lot of options. You want to distort in the fucking genitals and the front bits. Yeah, I mean, the ass. Front. I want that? a front trunk. I said, what about the front trunk? Put, front that's, what trunk. I call, that's what I call my pussy now. Front my trunk in the club getting crunk. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. And everyone thinks I'm like, yeah, it squirts out water like, a, like an elephant's trunk. Bette Midler's Twitter, I will say, has like, that was a very funny and good tweet, but it also just emanates like deep, like mom Facebook energy. You know, it's like yeah. all of her tweets are just like, Really fun, you know, they're just, it's just, it's very, very mom social media posting in like a great way that is just a comfort to be like, oh, Bette Midler, you're just kind of corny. Yeah, she doesn't need to have her kids be her brand. She's her own brand. As I don't even mother. know if she's a mom. She just has mom vibes. Mom energy. Social oh, media mom beaches. Ugh, when was the last time you watched Beaches? Ugh, that, I don't know if I can handle watching Beaches right now. Can you, do you want to kill me? A, we should probably do a pop history on it and or Bette Midler, but also, uh, yeah, I definitely, I don't think I've ever seen Beaches. I don't think I've ever seen Beaches either. Ouch. <laughs> I know it's sad. I All of my pop culture sad. references come from The Simpsons, so my knowledge of the one beneath, my like, when I hear one beneath my wings, I think of the, Simpsons episode that it plays. Yeah. In, which is, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a reference to Beaches or not, but um, but I'll watch Beaches. I'm, I'm trying to catch up on all the pop culture things I missed. I mean, I don't know if people are like still yucking about Beaches, but <laughs> this bitch is always being <laughs> squawking about Beaches. I tell you what, bitches for Beaches over here because uh, yes, it bitches is for beaches, sad. Indeed. Bitches for Beaches! Which is my new charity uh, I'm putting out as a pianist. Uh, bitches for Beaches. <laughs> We're going to be just getting as many bitches as possible to donate to save our beaches. This is great. People are like, it's interesting that this organization called Bitches for Beaches is run by a man named Holden McNeely, but you know, I trust him to get the right bitches for the right beaches. Um, I will be the spokeswoman. Okay. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Except I don't, I'm scared of water and I don't like an actual beach. Does that, will, will that be fine? You just like, I imagine the commercial would just be me like putting my foot in the sand, just being like, it's all over me. <laughs> it's all over me. And then looking at the water going, no, no. You should have seen last time I, I peed in the ocean, I had to hold um, my friend Mary's hands. I had to hold them out. Why? Because I was so scared of going in the water. But it was um, COVID, so I couldn't go to the bathroom anywhere. And um, I was very, very scared, and I cried. <laughs> um, but I did it. Sometimes, you know what? 
Bishes for beaches. Sometimes a bish got to pee. A bish got to pee with the fish. <laughs> Don't even every time I'm, I feel like I have trauma now. Every time I think right. of fish, just think of fish. I think of Tom Cruise when we were watching Romeo and Juliet. I was like, oh, the fish tank I was like, oh no, what's gonna happen in there? <laughs> Is he around? Is he near? And I probably probably next week I'll do another round of conspiracies specifically relating to that as the emails continue to flood in about different people's takes on what he could possibly be doing in that bathroom with that fish. But I do have a different celebrity conspiracy for this week. Uh, Non-fish fuck related. Yeah, let's give us, oh, I'm trying to give you guys a mental and emotional break from the concept of Tom Cruise just slamming away, just railing on a fish at a grocery store bathroom. It's almost all I think about. Uh, but I will say something that Holden was thinking about over the weekend because he actually watched the Golden Globes. Couldn't bring myself to do it. I watched a lot of clips. Yeah. I watched the end of it uh, because Gloss had a paint stream that night. We had a lot of fun. And thank you so much. That's my name, B, for hosting an amazing paint. So I made a painting instead. So I was creating... Time way um, better spent. It was such a it was it was such a situation for me where literally Ed and I just wanted to like spend quality time together. So we made Ben Kissel host a very small get together at his place, which yes. is the best because I think the last thing I would ever think Ben would want to watch on a TV in an evening of hanging out with people would be the Golden Globes. There was a lot of fun. I can't believe it. There was so much fun pacing and screaming. <laughs> you know, at one point, Ben's just like, sorry guys, I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to calm down. I'm like, no, no, this is, this is what it is. This is the point. It is horrible. Nothing is good here uh, in every way. Uh, I'm sorry, do you want me to give my rundown of the Globes, Jackie, or did you have- Hit us, please. Okay. I think there's a couple things going on. First of all, everyone's done with like COVID related, Zoom related comedy. Yes, and yes. they keep trying to be cute and do it. And like no one wants to be reminded of it yes. and stop. There yes. were like a couple of really bad versions of those. The other thing is, and this is such a tricky one for me. And Molly, maybe you can help me talk about this because like I don't know how to say this. When every celebrity, and it, now it's starting to become a point of like, I have to do this or I'm not, it doesn't feel genuine. It feels cynical when every single celebrity gets up and, and when, when they win their award and speaks towards some kind of big social thing, it all loses its meaning because it becomes like, remember in acting class, I don't know if you had acting class, Molly, but. Remember in acting class if the teacher, my my buddy was talking about this, so this isn't mine, but this speaks sorts of thing. Uh, when the teacher, the teacher at one point in his class said, hey, can I piggyback off something real quick? And then for the rest, for the next set of classes, every single person, can I piggyback off of that? You know, like, you know what I mean? Like they're all trying to like impress and like signal with each other, whatever you want to call it. And it just becomes eye rolly and obnoxious to the point where Jane Fonda, who fucking rules, by the time she got up to accept her Cecil B. DeMille award, and this is one person who really earns the right to stand That's up. That's the thing, right? She does the work. She does, does the work and puts her money where her mouth is and earns the right to Real get up quick there. quick sidebar. That video, please look up Jane Fonda get, accepting her speech, the Hell 19, yeah. accepting her award, the 1979 Oscars, which I had no idea because they re, because the Oscars refused to have a closed caption. I also imagine doing a live show was probably more difficult back then. So she signed her entire speech so that 
uh, deaf people could understand what she was saying. It's like, this is this, we're talking OG. Jane yeah. Fonda, that is one of the many, 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 many inclusive things that Jane Fonda has done. She has fought for so fucking much. She's I can't an wait activist. To the and they demonstrated yeah. that in the video that like she, before she got up and accepted of all these great things she's done. By the time we get to her though, speaking out about things, we're so mind numbed by it. That that you're like, man, she actually deserves to get up here, but I, it's like already so, it's like so eye rolly by that point that it doesn't make a difference, and it doesn't, and it, and it takes all the weight out of it. And also, I'm literally watching a set of actresses that all look the same, right? And then one of them wins an award, and then talks about the inclusivity that's needed, or or talks about some makes some grandstanding speech, and it's like, dude, this whole thing's a farce. Every five, there was so few people of color. It was, and we knew this leading up to it. And there's no people of color like in the what in the, the secret I council may of destroy lords. You where is why was that? So not, many just, things. And there's no black people in the Hollywood foreign press. Like not a single yeah, one of is. the ninety the people. Foreign, right. Yeah, it's so obnoxious. And 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 so it, to see it's so. And we also say it's not the actors' faults either. Because again, not necessarily, do, but like, yeah, right. and but it's the whole them. system. Sometimes right? it definitely is. It's so, so fucking hypocritical, and it's so eye rolly. And I feel like I understand why. The, the people that I don't agree with politically look at Hollywood the way they look at Hollywood when you look at an event like that. It just, yeah. it's, you know what I mean? And, and it makes me feel like this isn't helping and we need to maybe like, I remember when an award show it would be like throughout the night, maybe two different people throughout an entire evening of awards would get up and have something really important and impactful to say. You know what I mean? And then you'd hear it and it maybe would make a difference. Now everybody gets up and you can hear their agent telling them that they need to say this shit right. and not that they actually give a shit and it's and it doesn't even matter because like the the celebrities through pandemic have shown their ass so badly that even when you do get exactly. up and speak towards something unless you've actually done something about it that anyone knew about like in the news you just look like a fucking asshole like yeah period. i think that right i think that the difference is it's like theoretically speaking about Racism in Hollywood, speaking about historical racism, speaking about uh, more representation, all of those things should be happening organically, right? And, like, sometimes do happen organically, like, you know, like, uh, and pointing out, you know, Daniel Kaluuya was, like, only the fifth black person to ever win a... Uh, best supporting actor and it was for playing Fred Hampton right who's a Black Panther so in that case it's like yeah that Hell is yeah. like a, the real and organic way to be talking about like um, you know racism oppression and also not just talking about it in a in a vague way. I, I, I liked Amy Poehler and Tina Fey's thing about the Hollywood Foreign Press at the beginning because it's like a specific thing to say, there are no black people voting for this, right? Like, and, and I feel like that is a good way rather than just sure. being like, we all want acceptance. Like, like talk about the structures, right? The reason why, one of the, one of the many reasons why black people are getting snubbed over and over could be because there's no black people who are actually voting for this. So that yes. stuff I think is good. But right, I, I agree with you, Holden, that there's also just a kind of, general uh less authentic like less gen it's like you know I love it's Nicole like you Kidman, have to thank but- your agent yeah we're gonna need you to thank your agent we're gonna need you, you know what i mean like whoever their their manager is or somebody telling them what to say in their thank you speech like definitely make sure to thank the the hollywood foreign press to to thank the producer of the film and to say that a really important thing about how black people matter you know what i mean and it's just right, like it's right. not it's like hitting marks 
and it's not like you actually care. Right. And I can't what it rem- comes I'm trying to remember as. exactly what Nicole Kidman said when she won for Big Little Lies, but it was something that was just like, I'm, I'm so glad that I got to bring light to this. It was just like, it was, I, yeah, I love yeah. her, but it was just very actory. Like, congratulations is, to you me. You're so welcome for, that I got yeah. to do this, you know, like, and right. So yes. I feel like it's, it's, it's tricky on the one. And also like the whole industry is indicted the, one of the Emmys or one of those a few years ago, had Sean Spicer to present an award, the press secretary for Donald Trump. Like, yeah. so don't be like, Oh, we care so much. And then just be complicit in all this right, stuff. And right. I feel like that's the difference. Like if it's, and can we just, Let's just get wacky again. Let's just have those kind of, all right, all right, all right. Let's just get that, a little of that energy back. My favorite night, probably moment of the night, was literally just Barb and Star from Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar coming. Have we gushed about that movie yet in today's uh, podcast episode? I can't, I can't no, remember. I don't think so. I cannot recommend it So enough. fun. And they came out, and they were hilarious. And it was such a breath of fresh air, because they just came out and were really funny, and like it was silly, and, and especially at the Globes, even more so. And in and, and a situation where, like, what are the Globes? The Globes are supposed to be a party. Right, when everyone's drunk. E- everyone's drunk. Obviously, there can't be a fucking party, so what else are we going to do? Like, it, it, and they just didn't do any, any make any attempt. It was almost like, it literally felt like something that, uh, 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 an awards event that would have happened, like, in the middle of last year. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it's like, what did people want? And now you can get people tested. Now some people are vaccinated. I think you could have gotten enough people in the actual, like, space to do funny, silly things and this, that, and the other than to do some bad, like, skit over Zoom and no one gives a fuck and people are sort of, especially what's his name, which my heart goes out to him, Olivia Munn's ex is how I'll refer to him. Oh, Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis in a, like a hoodie. Was so he was cute. so baked out. He looks so, but he looks like a shell of a man. Because if you could only imagine, it's like if Lex left me for like Jason Momoa. It's like she walked away. She was like, "Bye, bitch," and then went to literal a literal like sex god of the music industry. <laughs> it's interesting that you said that because that does remind me of a baby corn joke that I wrote. Okay. Um, do you want to hear it? Yeah. yeah. Why is baby corn happy about my engagement? Why? Because after three years of squawking, my fiance is a husk of a man. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't yeah. even know what that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sad for Jeff. But either way, yeah, poor Jason Zadegas. But at the same time, he won. But it was so funny because I was like, is he high? And I was like, yeah, that's what everybody wishes they could be like right now. And, fucking- <laughs> and also, he's miserable. in his tie dye hoodie. He looked great. I think our society is trying to is struggling to correct itself from the fact that like what was it like only like six years ago or something was Seth MacFarlane's "We Saw Your Boobs" song, right? So I feel like that uh, yeah. it was like pretty recently that we were like at that level, and then I think there was like a general <laughs> awakening. It was like we shouldn't do that anymore. And right, I think now there's a bit, perhaps a bit of an overcorrection again, not with the really meaningful things, but with the kind of just with the shallowness that you're talking about. It's hard because I would have been like, how do we make this a party? And that definitely wasn't a party. And uh, I don't know what to tell these people, but uh, it was not a party. (laughs) Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. 
Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today but i bet that you probably have a celebrity conspiracy to tell the people I about do. hit me with it do, do you believe in this youtube channel that can predict celebrity deaths oh what? my god yes i love that's this. right this one comes in from olivia who says hey page seven learned on tiktok about this weird youtube channel that allegedly predicts celebrity deaths called 2021 vision Okay, (gasps) I should send you I'll I'll try to get a link to you guys like while we're going through this. But until then, just know it's a bunch of six second videos of a name and a cartoon eye that blinks and it just shows a date. It'll show like March 7. It'll show like a name and then like March 7 or something like that. Right. And then that's when they're supposed to be dying. So the soonest one that would come true is Tyga on March 12th, 2021. So keep your eye out for that. If that happens, then we we need to start really looking at this channel, okay? It's definitely an eerie, morbid channel. Some of the other names include Kanye West, May 2nd, and Kim K, September 25th. Madonna, De- Yes. Madonna, December 19th. Robert De Niro, June 13th. Our boy Thomas Cruz, according to Olivia, September 20th. And Donald Trump, hopefully July 27th. I shouldn't (laughs) wish death on anybody. I take it back, but I kind of mean it. But there are a lot of others. The creep factors increase when you consider that 2020 Vision posted videos back in 2017. And every name and date ended up being correct. No. So here's how the channel could have posted no. videos. So here's the evidence again. Here's how the channel could have scared. The channel, the channel, the channel could have posted videos. And what well, was weird? It said Jackie Zabrowski, and then it just said never. No, yes. that's awesome. You're going to be bitten by a vampire and be immortal. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm ready! I'm ready! I'm ready to live eternally. <laughs> so. So, so they could have been Beautiful, videos could have been posted uh, in 2017, and they could have edited them in 2020 without affecting the displayed posted date. Using the video oh. editor inside YouTube, a channel can upload a video in 2017, celebrity's name, and every single date they have to make a video for every celebrity, or at least a lot of them. And then 2020, if a celebrity died, the person who runs the channel can edit the video, trim off the footage of every date except the death date. This cuts a 40 minute video into six second one. Yada yada yada. They could kind of figure out how to retroactively make it look like they predicted the death. But one thing that is weird is that all the 2021 Vision videos are already posted. Maybe the owner of the channel was mad that everyone thinks their 2020 Vision channel was edited slash fake, so they published 2021 Visions in a way that is harder to debunk. So... Are the 2021 visions going to come true? Olivia says, I kind of hope not sad face emoji, but she also writes, love you all. <laughs> That's wow. scary. Yeah. So we have to look out. All right, so the I'm first spooked. one is March 12th. Is that what you said, Tyga? Yes, That's, yes. March 12th. That's coming soon. I'm scared. Oh, no, it's like the ring, ring goop, seven days. <laughs> I was so scared 
of playing VHSs that didn't have any writing on them, even before the ring. And once I saw Ringu and Ring, um, I got very scared about what... It's just like Riverdale. Oh my God, Molly. It's just like Riverdale. This is like Riverdale. Did, click on the. Did you see the link in chat? Feel free yeah, to click on I'm that. Yeah, I'm watching and take a look. it. It's creeping it's creepy, me right? out. It's creepy, right? Yeah, yeah. It is. it's got a mil over. A, it's almost almost two million. Ew, views, I don't like this. I'm upset. <laughs> so, do you believe? Yucky, yuck! I don't like this bad energy. It's creepy, right? I feel like I'm being washed with bad juju. Not Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Especially the way the eye blinks at you. It's so creepy. Although I like this comment plot twist. The man who made this channel is the world's most dangerous hitman and is being paid millions to kill each of them. <laughs> I'm wow. watching Killing Eve right now, so I'm uh, absolutely terrified of assassins. So? You should be, especially sexy assassins. <laughs> I know, right? They'll oh my God, you. how turned on are you Ooh, by Killing Eve? So turned on, but so scared. I'm so yeah. scared of Villanelle. She scares me so much. Uh, I don't usually yeah. get upset watching like violent things and I'm so upset and scared of her. She's the most scary villain I've ever met. Well, speaking of being scared and upset, do you believe that this creepy ass YouTube channel is correct? 50 Cent November 3rd. I no. this is a big year if this is I oh, I don't know, Jackie, you go first. I'm scared. I don't want to give it any power. It actually does genuinely scare me, so I'm going to say no. Because I feel like if I say yes, that I'm giving in and I'll I'm tell you adding what, extra negative energy. At least we'll know, we'll know by March 12th, right? Taiga. Yes, that's the that is, we have to check back. It won't, unfortunately, it will be two episodes from now. We will just miss it for our next week, but we'll be able to check back. But I think I agree with Jackie. I don't want to give this power, even though there is one name on it that I do want it to be true. But everyone else, I don't want to die right. and so uh, I'm gonna also say no we I don't know. believe but I'm so scared we all know Molly fucking hates Angela Lansbury but either way let's <laughs> go no, on oh Jessica <laughs> don't ever say it about her um, yes I'm very scared and hopefully this doesn't give us any bad juju I'm sorry I didn't mean to bring an evil spirit into the podcast I'm guys you guys are making me feel bad I'll, I'll, I blame Olivia Olivia whatever you're, whatever. <laughs> no, you're in whatever jail Olivia Olivia's in whatever jail, whatever. I love you too, <laughs> Olivia, but you're in whatever jail for a little bit. Don't put Olivia in whatever jail. You know who I'm also not going to put in whatever jail? Cam! Cam, who wrote in to page7podcast at gmail.com, who also quit smoking after smoking hey. for 11 years. I will say, Fuck yeah. Holden and I definitely helped inspire you. And Holden, they went out and bought the uh, the How to Quit Smoking, the Alan Carr book. Hell yeah. And that helped them stop smoking. And I can't believe I a book love... works, but a book works. I don't know what to tell you. Alan Carr's How to, how to Stop, uh, The Easy Way is Quit smoking and also you can keep smoking while you read the book if that gives you some incentive. I do love too that uh, Cam also likened the smoking to Twilight which made me love it even more. <laughs> also I've been listening to the Twilight series on y'all's Patreon and realized that Edward could have totally used smoking as an example of what they go through with the blood thing. You get the craving as soon as you're turned which is starting smoking. You constantly want it and are never satisfied and it's stronger than wanting food or sleep. I'm totally a nicotine vampire. I'm still waiting for the <laughs> cravings to go away. Can you tell? But I will be 
strong, and every time I want one, I'll scream in my head, isn't it marvelous? Because that's what the book said to do. I love you, Cam. Thank you so much for writing in. I want to send fellow wedding planning love to Rhea. I'm going on virtual tours next week of venues, and that makes me feel like I'm living in the space hotel that we didn't get to talk about today. But virtual tours makes me very scared. And I also want to give a an amazing birthday, birthday shout out to Kate's friend, Carrie. And Carrie was the one. Carrie and Kate are both huge fans of Page 7. And... Uh, Kate goes on to say, my friend Carrie and I love everything you guys do on page seven. We worked together in a plant research lab for eight years and bonded over listening to last podcast. We traveled together to see them live in 2019 and it was a blast. Hope we get to do the same with you guys someday too. In 2019, I moved to Maine to go back to grad school. So now more than ever, your podcasts are part of what helps us stay connected. I want to sincerely thank you for what you do because it's gotten us both through the hellishly dark times of the past year. Or four, please keep being amazing humans. And also you, Kate and Carrie, keep being amazing human beings. March 14th is Carrie's birthday. I just want you to feel I'm sending you my positive birthday love. I hope you have a good and safe time. But come up. You should do a, uh, oh, God, it was such a great idea. When someone, I think someone wrote in about doing, oh, no, it was uh, part of our chat. Amazing chat. I think it was Demig that had a bar crawl, a virtual bar crawl through the house where they set up different themes in every like her roommate set it up for her. Every room had a different theme. So she brought the laptop from room to room and invited different people into the Zoom as they went That's from awesome. themed room to themed room. And I was like, that is the best awesome. birthday idea I have ever heard. What a great way to spend birthday with also multiple friends and have multiple different things. In every room you go into, have a, fa- a special drink. What a great idea. That rules. I love that. What oh, a great yeah. idea. So I just want to say thank you guys and to everyone that sent me an amazing amount of congratulations for my love bust that happened last week. I promise I won't be too annoying by talking about the wedding. I'm going to try not to. That's what my mother's for. But I'll be too annoying when I'm singing my singer-songwriter songs about my baby's uh, tiny nose. So there you go. Ugh, tiny parts and <laughs> tiny, ugh. <laughs> I want to talk Tinier about parts, both of your life events, so I don't think you guys are. You could you could be annoying, but you aren't yet. <laughs> I'll say that not yet. I imagine it will happen, but not before the list. Oh, oh who's, who's on, on the, the list? list? Jackie, I have that, that list. list. 14 gigantic last minute changes that forever altered iconic movies. Uh, This, I really enjoyed this list. Kubrick redacted the epilogue of The Shining after the film was already in theaters. So originally, according to Stanley Kubrick, that is not how what we see is not the actual end. The first audiences to see The Shining in theaters saw a scene where Wendy and Danny explain their ordeal to a police to the police in a hospital. and But Kubrick decided he didn't like it and sent assistants out to physically cut the scene from every reel that had been shipped. Wow. Dedication. Dedication. You think you could have made that decision <laughs> a month before? But you know, Kubrick <laughs> is going to be a Kubrick. Kubrick's Kubrick, man. 
And how do you feel Star Wars is that George Lucas's Death Star was just a harmless mecha moon? I don't know what any of that means. George <laughs> Lucas just kind of filmed a bunch of goofy aliens and left the actual storytelling to his editors. The most glaring example, he didn't think to make the rebel base actively under attack, but where the editors worked their magic, the rebels feared some hypothetical future attack. Interesting. Yeah, that I mean, that first Star Wars is like such, it's such a miracle that it became what it became. Like, it, everyone thought in the cast that that movie was going to be a absolute disaster. Like, they really? were literally, to, and the script was not good to, I mean, they were like making all these changes uh, 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 and things like that throughout. They were just like, this is terrible. I remember, yeah, because I remember, what's her name? Uh, God rest her soul, Leia. Uh, she... Not Carrie Brad. Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. I was like, Carrie even Bradshaw. we know that. Carrie Bradshaw. She was just always she talked wishes. about. She was like, can you believe this trash? Like she was just like hated the dialogue of that movie and thought it was gonna be so bad. So that makes sense. A lot of it was worked out in the editing. That would make a ton. That of does sense. make sense completely. But does it make sense that in Raiders of the Lost Ark, I love they skipped fact. a choreographed fight scene because of dysentery? <laughs> this iconic scene where Indy simply shoots the sword guy with a gun was supposed to be a long, impressive fight scene. But Harrison Ford had the runs and suggested they cut it short. I mean, it's very Oregon Trail of him to have dysentery, but I support it. And it's also that made... I love those types of factoids because that really did make an iconic scene, whereas it would have actually been a pretty boring you yes. know, fight in hindsight. But that gun, that that was such a funny, great, and I feel like it perfectly encapsulates like what makes Indiana Jones so great. It's like crazy action, but it's so ridiculously funny at the same time. Thank you. Thank you, Dysentery. Yeah. Right? <laughs> also... Frodo, yes, no, we're not talking about Legolas, even though my loins just perked up at the thought of Frodo. Frodo originally just straight up murdered Gollum in Return of the King. Peter Jackson initially had Frodo kick Gollum into the fire, but realized that would subvert the character's whole arc. So he made Andy Serkis put his tights back on for a reshoot. So they shot it like that, then he had to come back in. I would have been pissed. Imagine by the by Return of the King, how done Andy Circus was probably playing Gollum. And he's like, You want me to do what? We have to do it again? I would have been fucking done by that point. But I also, you know what? I I I'm a Gollum in the streets, Jackie in the sheets. <laughs> depending on the night. But what about, oh my God, more Star Wars? Yes, George Lucas forgot to have Obi-Wan yoink Anakin Saber. In Revenge of the Sith, Lucas got all the way to the cutting room when he realized he'd forgotten to shoot this one tiny but hugely consequential action. Whew, Star Wars fans almost found a reason to complain about this movie, which I think is a fun, that's a little fun no. job. I get that one. <laughs> that's the That's one of my favorite movie theater experiences. I've never laughed so hard that when Darth Vader did the, no. No. <laughs> I, even I laughed at that one. I got funny. that that was a little silly. <laughs> and this always actually genuinely upset me, but it makes sense that this was something that was changed. In Pretty in Pink, that apparently they reshot the ending because test audiences preferred her with the hunk. That's so funny. As originally filmed, Andy ends up choosing the doofus Ducky, who which I always love Ducky. Of course. 
But according to the director, the girls in the test screening didn't go for that. Molly Ringwald and Andrew McCarthy had real chemistry, and people wanted to see them end up together. Wow. <laughs> Missed opportunity. I love a nerd. That makes yeah, my like high school kid ver- self just so angry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could have really helped a lot of people. Um, but in the last but not least... Rambo was supposed to off himself. Okay. At first blood, after filming the intended ending, where Rambo pulls the trigger on the gun of his hesitant would-be executioner, Stallone had the bright idea to maybe keep the hero alive to make boatloads of money <laughs> for decades. <laughs> no, that was it was me. That wasn't Sly. Guys, that was me. Oh my god, I could be the next Jackie Stallone. Give me a button, I'll read it. Producers actually hated Sly's proposed ending, but he got the director to side with him, I imagine. I think that probably Sly could get me to do almost anything. The Italian stallion, as I call him. (laughs) That's it. That was his porn name. Well, I wouldn't be able to read anything. You said something about reading the thing earlier, because I'm going, I think I'm going. Sly! Oh, we can't see them. I love it. It's like you always know that I have one dud blind item, and so I cut it when we go super over, which is awesome. So I got two. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you again. Thank you a million times. Thank you. (laughs) Besides all of her overpriced snake oil products that she has convinced herself work, our A-list mostly movie actress slash Oscar Steeler is also firmly convinced that while she may not have invented a certain spa treatment, that she is the one who popularized it. Seriously, she thinks no one in the last 150 years since it was patented ever really got one until our actress. Goop. Yes. Facials? She's taking credit for literally, this blind item makes it seem like, she's actually taking credit for the face mask during pandemic. Oh, yeah. Not like the spa face mask, but like the fucking face mask face mask. Because she wore a face mask on a plane in like late February, which is like, February, good. Back in February 26th of last year, she posted a selfie wearing a face mask with the comment, en route to Paris, paranoid, prudent, panicked, placid, pandemic, propaganda. Paltrow's just going to go ahead and sleep with this thing on the plane. I've already been in this movie. Stay safe. Don't shake hands. Wash hands frequently. And so now she takes credit for the, quote, trend happening during pandemic. What? It's I kind of fun that she caps. says, I've already been in this movie. That's, a, that's kind of fun. That's kind of funny. Paltrow had this to say in a recent New York Times interview. This is a familiar pattern in my life. I do something early. Everyone is like, what is she doing? She's insane. And then it's adopted by the culture. She also said she was, quote, one of the first people to have it, end quote, in regards to COVID. She's the ultimate COVID hipster. Oh, my God. She, but she also claims to have started yoga. Remember when <laughs> yeah. she did that years ago when she was like, I mean, it was like a thing, but like, I started the trend with yoga. What are you talking about, you crazy bitch? It's also so like, ridiculous. bitch, people, by February, people in China had certainly been wearing masks for quite a while. You didn't invent shit. You just only think about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I invented it. Oh, So dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. So anyways, that's a fun one, right? 
Yeah. Oop. <laughs> I knew that was such an obvious one, but whatever. <laughs> this one is a fan one from the in the emails. This one comes from Hunter, who says, quote, y'all probably have been sent this a ton, but I feel like this is a great story slash blind item to go on the next show. Thanks for all the laughs. We haven't been sent this a ton. The future of this superhero franchise is, and its potential sequels may now be in jeopardy as a new rumor claims that the director has refused to work with the film's star ever again after catching the actor having sex with his co-star atop the film's iconic car. What? <laughs> Batman? Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it our pets? Yeah. And uh, who would be the co-star? Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz yeah. and the anonymous An anonymous poster claimed that, quote, Zoe took a pregnancy test and she is pregnant and everyone believes it's Pattinson's. Also, this poster said, he literally told Pattinson, you were the most entitled narcissistic actor I've ever worked with. You go back to work. We finish filming in March and then we are done. I don't want to ever work with you after this film. Apparently they banged on the Batmobile. How that hot is, is so that? so fucking hot. That's dude. Cool. Can you imagine <laughs> banging our pets on the Batmobile? I think I just came. I think like I, I can't even I can't even imagine it. I can't I even mean, imagine. I can see again because I want to see that tape. Wow! I support banging on the Batmobile. I think that yeah. Zoe Kravitz is ten gajillion leagues out of the league of Robert Pattinson. Myself, Ouch. I don't know if that's a- wow. I also just wrote a song Ouch. called "Banging on the Batmobile." I'll play banging it next on week. the Batmobile. <laughs> It'll be like banging on a trash can, but the adult version of it. <laughs> Don't you think, is this, is my opinion an unpopular one? (laughs) I don't think so because I know that he is very stiff, but I'm completely in love with him. Really? So it is difficult because I just, I love, have you seen The Lighthouse? No. Not yet. I knew that's one of my ones I've been meaning to see for so long. You've seen it. Or the, um, the other one that was done by the, uh, the brothers that did Uncut Gems. Molly, watch. I homework for you okay. if you ever. Uh, this is six months homework. This okay. is not in a week. Watch just the enough time to have a baby. <laughs> watch the lighthouse and then watch Good Time. Good Time was done with um with the Safdie brothers, and they so it was a movie that they made before Uncut Gems. So it has that same like make your chest hurt. What I like about Arpats is that what he hated about being Edward in Twilight is that he didn't like the character. He didn't like what the character did to Kristen Stewart in the movies. And he also doesn't like playing just a pretty boy. He didn't want to be that. And so now that he gets to choose a lot more of what he gets to do, he's just an amazing actor. Okay. So I, so it really, so it's like the looks, sure, sure, sure. But, the acting, like the lighthouse, made me just be like, uh, I wanted to have sex with both him and Willem Dafoe, and preferably at the same time, or I'll just watch <laughs> the two of them. It's the turtlenecks. Who knew I had such a thing for big, bulky turtle? Like I think I got to start like touching myself, looking at the Land's End catalog. I think that's like, the next obvious step. Um, but that is all the juice. I will. Sorry, I'm juicing over here about our pets. But all right, I'll take it into account. I will. I will allow it. Thank you. I, I think the, I think you'll get it if you watch both of those. Though. Okay. <laughs> and now he's banging on the Batmobile. Banging Zoe yeah. Kravitz. Like, Zoe yeah. Kravitz is like one of the hottest people on Earth. Yes. And that's like pr- arguably one of the hottest places to bang someone. <laughs> yes. 
I can see it. I can see I can clearly see again. We're good. I can see again. I'm titillated. I'm also uh titillated. I just wanna I guess do a little bit of a sucking of my own lips here. <laughs> that um I got in contact with Dumois this week because Henry and I will be interviewing Jack Quaid uh for the next LPN show, and you should totally watch out for that. But Dumois who is the Instagram account that I'm obsessed with that has so many blinds. And it is this, I, I think, multiple people that w- have been working through this pandemic. Their Instagram has blown up. If you look in there, all their Insta stories, people send them all of this. It is like a full-time job that they are doing, keeping up with celebrity culture. And a lot of it is fairly positive, which is what I like. But Dumois happens to be obsessed with Jack Quaid who is, yes, the child of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, also one of the leads of The Boys, which I think is an amazing television show. So I hit them up and I hit up Duan. I was like, can you get like questions from you and from your readers to ask? And they did. And I really appreciated that. And I really love Dumois. So this is my shout out to Dumois, Hell as yeah. well as the fact that I get to talk to Jack Quaid tomorrow. Hell yeah. Love um, it. And I'm excited about that. And I won't try to kiss him because I am recently engaged. <laughs> I am the bride. And I have yelled that, yes, at least seven times this week. Yeah. For to about nothing and towards no one. Just by myself. <laughs> but my name is Jackie. Thank you guys for joining <laughs> us this week. Uh, I'll just I'll talk and talk. You want me? I'll do I'll do Jackie. Now we start Jackie Talks for 30 minutes. All right. You want to see where my brain goes? You want to see what happens? Well, you can definitely see where my brain goes over at the Patreon where I record chapters of Twilight. Yes, we are in Eclipse right now. I put out two chapters a week. Go over to patreon.com slash page seven podcast seven the number. And um, you can follow me on Instagram at Jack That Worm. Yes, obviously I use two different email submissions from that uh, email. I check it now every week for uh, the content I bring with Celebrity Conspiracy and Blind Items. So please keep them coming uh, uh, so that we can keep Jackie coming because I didn't have a good sexy blind until you wrote in, uh, dear re- dear listener. <laughs> so so hanging on Jackie the Batmobile. Check out uh, also twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. Jackie and I have a really fun party stream every Friday night, 6 p.m. ET. Uh, so check us there. I also stream on Monday and Tuesdays. And uh, yeah, uh, that's about it for me, Molly. Uh, my name is Molly Nuffle, and I am MJKLCat on Instagram. Oh, yeah. We love you guys so much. We'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, Go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Packages by Expedia. You were made to be rechargeable. We were made to package flights, hotels, and hammocks for less. 
Expedia. Made to travel.